Welcome to the Make Music Income Podcast with Stephen Bedall of the Production Music Academy and me, Eric Copeland of Make Music Income. In this podcast, we'll talk about our experiences in music licensing as music artists with online channels, our publishing and royalty incomes, and our combined over 40 years experience as music producers for hire. So let's get started with today's episode. I think any of us who have worked for clients, whether serving as a producer for an artist, being a composer for a company, or even serving libraries, all of those are serving clients. So in the corporate world, it's our job to serve the client, right? Uh, With our skills, with our creative skills. But in the music world, we tend to think that they may want us to be artistic geniuses instead of because we, we think ourselves as artistic musical geniuses. And they want us to be that, and, and maybe that's a little true, but they want our creativity, but they also at the end of the day need what they know their clients want. And that is the right music or the right service from us for the right use. So today we wanna talk to you about the importance of serving the client with your music. It's important in order to keep the gig. It's important for your reputation and it's crucial for making music income. So welcome to episode, so welcome to, (laughs) skipping here a little bit. So welcome, sorry, it's an AI (laughs) thing. I'm using an AI head today. So welcome to episode 68 of the Make Music Income podcast. And now let's check in with my podcast partner who is always laser focused with great intensity, like a gazelle, on the wants and needs of his music clients, Mr. Stevie B. Are gazelles focused? I thought it was the lion that's no, hunting the gazelle no, that's they're, focused. They're focused because if they hear a lion coming. Oh, yeah, that's they're true. Focused. They're very attentive. They they're always listening to their surroundings, trying to figure out what's going they, on. Exactly. That's you. That's you, my man. Uh, what's going on with me? I'm working on a lot. Uh, a lot. I don't know. I don't want to bore you guys with all the details. I'll just say that I'm working on a lot of music, man. I'm serving a lot of clients. I'm writing dramedy for uh, one publisher. I'm writing sports cues for another. I'm writing I'm writing music with my wife. Um, we're almost finished putting together an application for Artlist for her. Um, that's kind of my goal for this month. I'm writing hip hop for Motion Array. I'm writing music for my band. Um, getting ready to hit the road next month. And uh, wow. yeah, there's just, uh, whew, I don't know, there's a lot going on. Um, had uh, I had perhaps one of the best challenge showcases of all time yesterday. You were there. You did. Um, I was just so blown away with the collaborations. And for anyone who missed it, I, I basically put teams together in the, in the academy and assigned every team a specific, uh, you know, compositional task. And what they came up with was just spectacular. Go check that out if you haven't already. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm still just absolutely blown away. It was just the coolest challenge, and 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 people got to know each other. They got to connect um, from all around the world, and and I think that, you know, we we speak about collaboration a lot on this podcast. I think you get something really magical uh, out of it, and uh, yeah, you build relationships, make new friends, and it's it's a beautiful thing. So that uh, that challenge was was really special. For me, it was really special for uh, the members of the academy, and uh, I'm I'm still feeling good from it. So, 
other than that, yeah, a lot of other little things I'm trying to figure out with my life and, um, and, uh, it's all keeping me pretty busy. What about you? Yeah. Uh, that was a great, it was a great time yesterday for sure. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, listening to everybody's stuff. And, and again, it's one of those deals. We keep talking about it, but I, I never, I, I am never, um, I never cease to be, um, surprised and uh, amazed by the people that are part of our communities, the people who mm -hmm. are part of our lives and, and stuff. Uh, I also had a little, a, a shorter version of, of, a, of, of some people's music yesterday on my Hello Composers channel, something I'm going to try to do every week. It's gonna, it's called Composers Mastermind Live. I'm kind of just trying a a combination of having a mastermind and also a live listening show every week. Not as many as you did yesterday and a little bit more focused on talking to the composers. One of the things you said during your um, thing is it'd be great if I could just see your face and talk to you rather than, you know, uh, you know, just see a text because sometimes you're waiting for those chat things yeah. and, and you're like, okay, okay. Does anybody have anything? And you're sitting there like a dummy looking at the chat going, <laughs> Waiting for answer to your question, and uh, yeah. they're over there, you know, in the kitchen making some, some tea or something. So it's really good to to have um, the people on there. So that was really fun yesterday. I did it with Arco and yeah, nice. and Andreas and Mat Matthias, and it was really fun. So I'm going to do that every week on the um, Hello Composers channel. If you're interested, you can go to hellocomposers.com and find out more about the mastermind that we're having now. So that started this week. Let's see what else started this week. I also did a uh, conversation with John Meyer, uh, which was was really good and, and yeah. it had been a long time coming. It was, the edit was intense. How long? But Because we talk so long. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I chopped it down to 16 minutes or 17 minutes. So <laughs> uh, it was, and, and I still have so much on the cutting room floor to, to bring back out into other videos and and shorts maybe and things like that but lots of nuggets from john he's so good and so smart and um then i've got a video coming out tomorrow called the an interesting month in pond five uh, i actually have two things i want to talk about tomorrow but i think i'm just going to focus on that because i want to talk about my sales last month and then you know the the other stuff that's going on at pond five and uh just in general and then we got news today about uh, audio jungle and envato uh doing the same thing by the way oh i'm not sure if you saw it i did not um what's going jesse on jesse put out a video about it i sent him a note this morning about it they sent out new terms saying that your songs are in perpetually in the audio jungle library you can take them down but just because you take them down doesn't mean we're not feeding them to ai so they are also doing the same thing pond five is except they're giving you until june 1st to um to to decide if you want to stay in audio jungle before they start feeding your music to the ai machine and does that mean and like you either have to stay in or you're out like you leave the library completely song wise song by song so if you if you don't care if ai uses some songs and you care it uses some others you can take those those out before june okay. first okay otherwise after june first they'll just assume you're okay with them being in there and they will be in there for the foreseeable future hmm. and so uh hey at least they get sent us a, a, a heads warning. up yeah right. before they're going to do it unlike uh, pond five did so um jesse did a whole video about that today so i don't want to bemoan it and i sent uh i put it we talked about it on the discord and stuff today by the way if you're not in the discord and you're listening to this you ought to get in our discord a lot of good stuff going on in there um 
let's see. I got approval on two new songs. I think I talked about that yesterday. One was this kind of lo-fi, or at least my version of lo-fi, uh, thing called Comfy Me. It's this kind of chill tune. And then, which I think is the first lo-fi tune Motion Array's accepted from me, or what I would call lo-fi. It's probably not. It's more jazzy, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the song that uh, I had a certain guitarist and bass player that's on this podcast. That's not me. I'm not going to say who it is. But... Um, <laughs> It's Luke. It's a. Uh, it's who? It's it's Dan Barracuda. Oh, Dan. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's Stevie B, and we he played a little guitar for me on this song called "Get Up and Go," and so that's in there. It doesn't look like it's going to get up and go anywhere, but it is in the library. We'll see mm -hmm. if anything happens with it. Yeah. Uh, I've been working on a lot of songs as well. Um, I, I debuted a song yesterday on the Make Music Income, or sorry, the Hello Composers uh, live that we did, the Mastermind, called Five Reasons very kind of classical piece. And then I'm working on something that I just, you know, I, I don't know if you're like this, but I have a bunch of, a bunch of starts in a, in lots of directories and I'll just try to keep those fresh and, and just sometimes you just got to go down the list and you just say, okay, let me see what this one is. Cause you did it a month ago or two months ago and you yeah. started it. And so I found a song called all's well and it's cute and very, very corporate-y type of sounding very positive mm -hmm. and so i started messing around with that yesterday and this morning and and so i'm on on that one so yeah nice and then yeah and then i've got uh two production clients that are coming in uh they're they're clients from around the world one's from manchester england and another one's from cameroon originally cool and um but I have done albums for them in the past and we are starting new albums out of the blue uh, this week, as far as I know. But um, that leads us into what we're going to talk about this week, which is serving the client. I'm wearing a client t-shirt right now. This is one of my uh, longtime album and uh, marketing clients, music clients. Um, they're more of a uh, kind of Christian rock band harder rock or what's the name we can't see it behind the band metal either. it's called falcone rising because mm. the guy who writes everything is named john falcone and uh so we've been working on falcone rising for about about three four about four years maybe five years he's put two albums out and he's working on the third right now and we just do videos a lot on youtube and i do marketing for him on facebook and instagram cool and this is the main, this is the first one we should talk about. And I mean, this is really producing for an artist, but in some ways he is not an artist as much as a client because we are reproducing his music with, <clears throat> with a band in Nashville with, with players. And so we have a, a kind of a, another producer who, who is the guitarist and, uh, and really records and mixes everything. And uh, he basically finds the bass player and the drummer and they just crank out some awesome, I call it metal. Metal people probably call it hard rock. I don't know where the edge is and I don't know how to define it, but it's got a lot of Metallica-ishness to me, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't know if people still call that metal, you know, as far as, you know, how these things change. But anyway, that's the, the feel of it. And I've been working for him for a long time and that means... I need to make things happen for him. I need to, um, I need to do more than just, uh, it, actually working for him almost has nothing to do with my musicality. Hmm. Working for this, this client that I'm wearing on a t-shirt has nothing to do other than me listening to his songs and 
saying yes or no or telling them the course is weak or or other than that once that's done and the decisions are made about the songs they go to this other producer that i hire and he takes care of the rest and i'm kind of like the third guy because the client will like or not like what the producer's doing and then i'll sometimes have a something to say but not much because i picked the right guy for this band to work with and so um again producing for this client doesn't require me to do any musical things it doesn't require me to write anything arrange anything i guess you could call i'm arranging stuff when i tell him you know maybe it could use a second chorus or or stuff like that but for the most part i am the record label so to speak you're uh i am you're kind of like the rick, the rick rubin-esque character like lying on the yeah. couch saying uh saying yes or no and just listening yes <laughs> you just need I'm to grow a big beard eating grapes yeah. eating grapes somebody your assistant is feeding you grapes. another course needs another course <laughs> <laughs> see i've always wanted to do that kind of work i haven't really done any uh any i did i, I did produce an album for a band like more than 10 years ago and it was a total nightmare and i don't think i ever want to do it again um <laughs> bands are hard man yeah bands are really hard to produce i mean i mean some i'm sure it could be you know really fun and and fruitful for in the right uh circumstance but uh, i did not have a good time doing it and i don't see myself doing it uh anytime soon <laughs> usually with bands you have to you, you there has to be a, a band leader that you talk to and work with rather than every member of the band because that's pretty difficult and um but yeah this is one thing we're talking about and and for those of you watching who are composers or producers yourself and you only produce your music and maybe you work for music libraries or different things mm -hmm. that's all well and good but i'm telling you and I've, i say this a lot on this channel i'm and then this is the next arc of my channel is to really talk about production music production from a uh, not for licensing but music production for clients and artists. And I think this is the thing that we, we some reason don't, I mean, we do it. You and I both do it a lot. We produce for different people and, and clients, but um, you know, it's easy. Everybody wants to talk about the, the shiny objects uh, like licensing and things like that and, and Spotify. And those are all worth talking about for sure. But I think, you know, all of us, for a channel called and a podcast called make music income we're all sitting here like with with the ability to make a lot of money working for clients and artists and and because it's a half part-time job or whatever people are doing this in their as a hobby they're not exactly going out and looking for that kind of work i don't know yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like producing for clients or art, I mean, for artists or I mean, that's like where I make most of my money. That to, that to me is like is the shiny object. I, yeah. I actually kind of come to think of it. You're right. It's like I'm, I'm surprised I don't really talk about it more on on YouTube. We definitely spend a lot of time talking about licensing and and and, you know, and that kind of stuff. And we, I should really be, you know, I, I think I'm, I've been trying to say it more in the academy, just talking about building relationships, because I think it's really just a relationships business. It's like, you got to make, you got to go and hustle, um, where I think, where I think music licensing is kind of more attractive is that it maybe doesn't require, um, such a personal, personalized hustle to some extent, like you can make money if you just get on the right library and you get some traction going, you know, like it's, it's one way that you don't really have to be like a like so much of a you know 
a schmoozer, like actually reaching out to yeah. people and doing a lot of yeah. like, you know, emailing and stuff like that, that, cause that doesn't always work for people. But I think that if you are that type of person that puts yourself out there and is comfortable with that and is willing to, to put in that work, then, um, you can make a lot of money producing for, for clients doing production, uh, custom production work. Now let's talk about the downside. The downside is the client is always right. Uh, the customer is always right yeah. is what we've heard forever. Um, back in the day and still when I work for a company, let's say it's a, um, let's say it's a, a marketing company. They're going to tell me what exactly they want for their commercial or for the video that I'm creating something for. And it's not always going to be what I would musically suggest to them. Yes. And so this is a this is a bit of a downside because uh, the other thing that we do, and as we'll talk about here in a minute, licensing is probably not as different as we think about this. But when we're working directly for a music client, then we are really talking about having to do what the client wants at the expense sometimes of what we want to do. And that's that's a tough one, I think, for some musicians and I think that's the that's the barrier for musicians who want to make money outside of being an artist mm -hmm. or outside of being a quote unquote produce composer beat maker whatever. Yeah, it's frustrating. You know, I, I most of most of the experiences that I've had working for clients have been really uh, it's been overwhelmingly positive, um, and I think a great way you know. Uh, like looking back on some of my best projects, it's like the whoever I was working for kind of trusted my creative instincts, and they they were like you know didn't uh, infuse too much of their own opinion into it. They said, okay, here here's the brief, or here's what I need, and they're like, you, I trust you to to do a great job with it, and and usually it works out fine. Um, there's been a few cases definitely where it's just like revision after revision after revision, and it gets to yeah. a point where you're just like, oh my god, like I should have thought i mean i didn't you just didn't realize that it was going to be like and and there's and there's can be a total communication breakdown about what it is exactly that they want because a lot a lot of times your clients don't know how to speak that musical language to you and 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 they're not able to convey exactly what it is they want they have an idea of what it is they like and and then and they kind of leave the floor open to you to send them something without too much direction you give it to them and they're just like oh that's that's not what I wanted. I'm like, well, what is what? What did you want? And then they have a really hard time explaining it. Um, so th those are situations which can be really, really frustrating. And and I've had a couple of those, and they can really kind of like bum you out and, and turn you off. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I've been lucky. You know, most of the time it's been like we trust you, uh, do your thing. <laughs> Sometimes and and other times it's like you give them the final product and they totally chop it up and do something totally different with it. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there's a part of you that has like, there's that ego part of you that's just like, well, I wouldn't have done it that way. But like, you have to let go. You have to let go of it and, and remember that somebody, somebody's buying this work off of you and you don't really own it anymore when it's all said yeah. and done. To a point, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that. I think you have to be careful. I mean, on one hand, you have to do what the client wants and what they ask at the same time. And I'm sure I've said this on this podcast before. I've had clients that said, it's my way or the highway, do it my way. And I'm like, that's not the best way to do it. And they said, well, and I said, here's what I would do. And they were like, that's not what I want. That's not what I want to do. I want to do this. And now they're sometimes they're speaking with no experience in this thing that they are 
they're yeah. having us do. But at the same time, and this this goes for working for clients or working for artists, um, it it they will come back to me years later and say, I wish I'd just let you do it. Yeah. You know, right. All along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, th this is a thing with art artists, especially, like I said, I, I haven't done much work working like for producing artists, but I, I have a few good friends here that have done a lot of that kind of work. And, um, there, there's certain situations where like, it really kind of like, it's going to push their, like their integrity to the limits. Right. Because like the artists will just be so clueless. Um, and they'll have like these really convoluted, ideas of what, what it is that they you know they want from something and it could be objectively just like not a good idea and the producer is is got to be that one that's you know, that's saying you know um, look you're hiring me to trust my judgment to some extent like these are bad decisions and as a producer if you're like i think you have to ask yourself at some point um you know if you if the work is worth doing if you're actually just going to go like if you're just going to go ahead and and do whatever it is the artist wants even despite the fact it's actually like a not a good decision at all you know what i mean so i have that very thing going on right now with the client that i am just i you know sometimes it's hard for me to to say no to people yeah it's, yeah. it's hard for me to 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 be working with a client and know that I am spinning my wheels with this person, that they are just musically getting off on their own ideas. And uh, I am, I am just, uh, I'm just helping that. I'm, I'm, what do they call that? When you, when you are helping someone do drugs, they call it a, a you're, you're enabling uh, them. I'm, I am, I am enabling people <laughs> to do music that they should and make decisions that they shouldn't do because I am nice. I am enabling uh, <clears throat> amateurs to sound professional when they are not going to put the, the, this is a, this is a longer rant, but uh, you know, I, and this is something I've been dealing with for 10 years. I've been very ensconced in, and still am working with amateurs and people who are semi pros and starting up and mm -hmm. that's still a big part of my channel, both our channels really. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I just have a heart for them and I've, I've been them, you know, so yeah. I, I know, and I think that's a part of the industry that has traditionally been ignored is working for artists who aren't superstars, but they do have something to say and something to give. Uh, and so I've always helped them, but I have someone right now who I'm, I'm helping. I'm like, why? And several actually clients that I'm looking at and going, should I continue down this road here? Uh, business wise and music wise. Yeah. Artistically. Yeah. I mean, you really have to make an assessment. I mean, if the artist, if the, if there's, if you guys are just butting heads constantly and like the artist won't listen, um, to the advice, then it's like, I mean, it, yeah, you really got to question whether it's worth it. I, I definitely found myself in that situation in, uh, when I m made an album, it was, it was such a nightmare, um, working, uh, with this, uh, this particular band. Um, it just took forever to get the project done. And, you know, when, when you, when you're constantly, uh, butting heads about, the tiniest little thing, it just stretches out the process needlessly. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, at, at the end of the day, it's like what I charged for my time was like, you know, it just completely, it was, it wasn't enough. It wasn't even nearly enough. Um, and I didn't realize that going in until it was kind of too late. <laughs> so, yeah. And I don't want to paint too negative a picture. We're talking about probably uh, 
five percent or less of the clients we've ever worked with totally being, yeah. being trouble and <clears throat> yeah 95 percent being certainly fine it, it's our decision when i first started producing i was like what i can make you know what i usually made in corporate work just by uh by producing people and making recordings for them i'll take it you know and uh it it is very fun and if you are someone who likes to help people and you like to make music of your own but it's not enough to jump out and be full-time in music because you have to have another job mm -hmm. i really do want to push uh producing but you have to serve the client and you have to be prepared for that so all right let's move on to another client that we serve when we compose and produce for sync libraries this is um, what you were saying earlier about um, sometimes the, the client will take it and they'll do the mixing and they'll do the final and all that kind of stuff. Well, I have one of my libraries right now that does the mixing. Um, the, the president or the, somebody in the library does all the mixing. And uh, it's fine. It's actually easy because I don't have to pay for it to be mixed and I don't have to send, uh, I don't have to do all that kind of thing or mastering or anything like that. But the downside is what they mix goes. What they decide mix-wise is what they need for their library. That's what they're gonna have. And even at the expense of vocals that were tuned a way that you didn't intend for them to be tuned, mm -hmm. um, mixes that may may or may not come out the way you like them. And uh, I, I'm okay with that as far as, you know, I've learned with all licensing to let it go, right? Just let it go, move on to the next song, the whole, the, the whole thing that we say. But at the same time, some of these are artistic, especially my sync stuff, which I take probably a little bit more pride in than my stock stuff, because the stock stuff is certainly for, you know, a different, a, a different kind of audience, more background, really background music and sync is sometimes very upfront. Um, and, and I want it, the quality to be, it, my sync stuff is so high quality wise. So it's tough. It's tough to let go of that, of the reins a little bit when you're, um, but at this same library, trust me enough to write anything I want. When they say, oh, we need a country song and I write one and I'm like, do you need to hear it before I record it? Nope. You know, because they know and they trust my, um, my composing and producing uh, background because of what I've done for them in the past. Yeah, it's so. kind of funny. <clears throat> I mean, for me, it's like the total opposite. The sync, the sync library stuff, like I just let it go and I never even think about it again. Um, and I mean, it's quality, but I, I, but it's it's stripped back. It's a lot more stripped back than than the stuff that I send Artlist. Uh, and the stuff that I, you know, I send Artlist is really, I, I, you know, I spend a lot more time on it because oh. I know that it's going to also have a crossover effect onto my my Spotify, so that you know people are going to be looking up. Uh, Stephen Bettle on, on Spotify, they're going to hear that there. Uh, so it bleeds into my, my artistic sort of, uh, persona is whereas like the sync licensing stuff I do, I just kind of try to like get it done quickly and, and not tr try not to overthink it too much. Um, when you say sync license, do you mean like stock licensing that's also sync or no, I mean or like for more... the stuff the sync, when I say sync libraries or like sync licensing, I mean, I mean like the stuff I'm sending for like TV placements. Uh, that kind of thing, like the dramedy tracks that I'm writing or whatever, you know, it's like, it's not like okay. I'm spending okay. like three days on that. Um, th those are tracks that I can finish in like a day. Uh, I agree. Or... I'm talking about more produce. See, for me, I end up producing more of my pop type of stuff for sync. And so I'm not making pop for, I, since I'm not on an art list and 
I have sent some pop stuff to Motion Array and it's it's in there. And then some of my artist jazz stuff is in there as well. But uh, for Sync, I am creating pop radio sounding tracks, basically. You know, I'm with vocals a lot of times. Yeah. More often than not. It's got vocals in it. It's it's pop songs. It's it's like I would do for my clients. Yeah. And so, I think it's it's all a matter of like what kind of libraries we're working with, right? Yeah, you know, everyone yeah. who wants something different. It could what be styles, sync. It could be genres. sync or stock. You know, it all depends. Yeah. There are, there's it such really a is. varying degree of um, needs and and uh, and and quality require requirements. But uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> I definitely like yeah, spend a lot more time with stuff that I send artless just because I think that their quality standards is like constantly going up and up and up. So that's right. just where I'm at right now. But And then the next one is, uh, you know, the other side of, of this kind of library music is stock music where, and I don't even want to pile art list in this necessarily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you said, you're creating art music, artist-based music yeah. for art list. Exactly. In a similar right. way that I'm creating that kind of music for sync. Mm -hmm. And, but for stock, these are songs that I definitely think of as background instrumentals or um or or upbeat things or you know background music of some kind for, yeah for specific stock licensing things that people are going to go to stock for right uh, now i also use it as a kind of a dumping ground for everything that i have that's non-exclusive uh and maybe i should put non-exclusive music here uh, but i have a lot of pop stuff that's not exclusive too so i can't do that but here's where i think this whole serve the client thing comes into play for stock libraries and that is when you're looking at doing well and we've talked a lot about what you did in motion ray over the past year what alex b has done what um, lester has done what people have done who have had success there is they have written for the library the mm -hmm. people who are do well at motion array a lot of times are writing specifically for motion array and they know what's happening there they know what is hot there and so they write specifically for that. We've yeah. talked about that on this show a thousand times. Yeah. And that is serving that and that the client in that respect. And we, we don't even basically think about Pond5 or Audio Jungle or any other stock music library, except as an afterthought of stuff that we're going to send to Motion Array or some, because I think they are king of the kind of uh, uh, at least the very, um, the very, uh, what am I trying to say? the very cream of the crop of stock licensing of yeah. royalty free stock. Yeah. I, th I think that's true. Um, yeah. So many people send me music for review and, and I'll, the, the question is always like, is this licensable? And, and, and I think one of the, the first things I think of when I listen to a track uh, before I give someone some feedback is just like, I've tried to imagine it as being like an underscore for, for dialogue. I mean, so much of the music that's used from those, libraries is that I think that's the case for for TV and production music as well. Um, and, you know, a lot of times I, I people send me tracks that are great, but they're very like, um, there's some, it, there's, a, I get the sense that they're a bit self and like indulgent, like there's a lot of like, noodling and like soloing and like, there's a lot of, it just sound like it sounds like whoever created it had a ton of fun doing it. And like the vibe is right. But uh, I often tell people it's like, hey, strip this back, man, like, we need more room. We need me more room in the center for to allow for uh, for for dialogue. Uh, it's too distracting. There's too much energy. There's too much uh, going on. You need to kind of like you know create some space. And I think that that's uh, that's you know something that is pertains to 
our our discussion here you know we're composing yeah. for the client because that you know on the other end you have somebody downloading the music that doesn't yeah. want like you know an, a, like a like a like a shredding guitar solo um unless unless that's you know that's going to serve the the video in some cases it might but i'm just saying for the most part like i i get a lot of tracks that are very cluttered and they just need they need, need some space and i think you need to take advantage of uh, some kind of space uh when when you're creating tracks for stock libraries i think well and um the client with stock is not the stock library as much as it is the person who's going to uh, buy download that track for use in their video that's the real client and I think we have to, just like in sync, the actual client is the music supervisor looking for the song for a scene. Mm -hmm. And I think we tend to be, oh, I'm going to write sync music in this big like thought of I'm going to write this kind of sync music and then put it out there and hopefully a library will like it. Well, we shouldn't be thinking about the library. We should think about who the end user is going to be. And that is going to be either on the sync side, it's going to be a uh, a client, um, the client is going to be a music supervisor or somebody like that. And on the stock side, it's going to be a YouTuber or mm -hmm. it's going to be a corporate, somebody need music for a, a presentation of some kind or some other kind of use, usually video. So uh, that is what we need to think of for our clients. And I do want to talk about in a minute about making music that the people that send you the music that you review, they're making music for themselves more than they're making music for um, for, for libraries, but they want to know how they can get that music in libraries. And, and I see this when artists come to, to, uh, see us in, in Nashville or wherever, and they want to say, oh, I want to make an album and I want everybody to love it, but they're making this very insular, uh, you know, personal music that is not commercial. It's not something that the average person is going to like. So. Yeah. That's... Well, and, and if that makes you happy to do that, then, you know, go for it. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no rules uh, to being no, an artist. You no. can do whatever the heck you want. Uh, and, you know, you may you might be your own client. You want to maybe just want to be pleasing yourself, in which case, like, you know, make your your weird ambience uh, noise uh, album and put it up on Spotify. And, and <laughs> sure, yeah. like, you know, it's all, all your good. friends. Well, <laughs> we'll get to that in just a second. The last one I want to talk about here is live performance. And even if you're just an artist. You're going to, and let's not talk about being an artist and doing whatever you want, but doing an artist, being an artist and trying to get out and perform in front of people. Yeah. Then your client is those people, is is your audience, whether you're on, and this could be live performance or um, or streaming um, or, or YouTube. Anytime you're trying to reach your fans, that is your, that is your client. Yeah. And uh, that's another thing that artists and composers and, and beat makers and all the stuff don't always think about is who is listening. They're thinking about themselves and not about the client. And you've got to serve the client. And yeah, you know, this, like, I don't want to go on a rant, but like, sometimes I go see like a, like a band or something like, or, or a musician. And it's like, there's, and, and sometimes this is a result of, of being insecure or, or like having stage fright or being nervous or whatever. But like, sometimes I'll go see, bands that are performing and they won't acknowledge the crowd like they're so insulated on stage and it's like it's like you know you, you have to nurture that connection um that you have with the audience and you're and you're there for, for for them you know yeah like you know you you're you got these ideas these songs this you got these uh um you got these creations that you that you know uh, that you made for yourself to some extent and 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 like it, it is some of it some part of it is selfish, 
um, which is totally cool. But I think, you know, whenever I'm on stage and performing, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, keep in mind that people paid to come see, uh, see me play music and uh, you owe them something for, for in exchange for that. And you and you have to uh, let them know um, that you appreciate you appreciate their presence and and you have to foster that that connection um uh there and, and acknowledge them and and uh and you know be present and and make eye contact <laughs> just those little things you know i think i i've seen so many acts that are just kind of like they're just you know crump crunch crumpled up on stage mm -hmm. just like in their own world i'm just like hey you know <laughs> like come on man we're here and and i just thought of this one and a similar type of thing and we both deal with this every day is being educators of some kind is is being whether you're at a school or you run a YouTube channel or you are, are on uh, TikTok, it doesn't really matter. You are trying to um, serve someone out there who is watching someone or, or a student, someone who is trying to learn from you. And so hopefully this podcast is is helpful to people who are listening or watching. But, you know, I think this is one of the things I struggle with all the time is how much do I, uh, how much am I getting involved with the students or making sure they're getting what they need rather versus just teaching what I want to teach or talking about me all the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's a hard road. And, and then you have to worry about just like with artists, you have to worry about, are they going to do anything with this information that I give them or <clears> this music <throat> knowledge that I give them? But, you know, you and I both yesterday spent time talking to and with other people who follow us online and it's part of uh it's part of serving i mean we we don't only do it for the money because if we did only for the money we could find other things that paid more money but we do it because we are trying to serve those people you know yeah i mean if you're doing it if you're educating people just for the money you're you're definitely in it for the wrong <laughs> wrong, wrong reason that's that's for sure i mean like just think about the that like everyone has that high school teacher you know growing up that just like clearly hated being there it's just yeah. like it's the worst job if you don't actually love helping people it's just a terrible job yeah. um so yeah i mean education is all it's it's all being an educator educator is is totally all about serving you know and and yeah. and helping you really got to be you really got to love um, the feeling you get when you actually help somebody take that next step up the ladder, whatever it is, you know, um, and it's and it's about more than just rattling off facts and 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 talking about yourself. It's about actually helping people um, get motivated and 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 actually, you know, uh, helping them be accountable to themselves. So that's a big part of it as well. They're absolutely clients. I even call them clients by mistake. I'll, t I'll be talking to my boss. You know, the clients, I mean, the, the students, <laughs> because it, it, it really feels like they're the same thing. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. Just different words, but the same, same idea. Yeah. They're this, they're coming in just like the artists do wanting to be taught, wanting to go to the next level. Mm -hmm. And so, um, now if you're not serving clients, let's say you don't do any of those things and you're thinking, Hey, I don't serve clients. All I do is make music for me. I just like making music for myself. Well, that's great. But yeah. guess what? You still have a client. You said it earlier. You do have a client. It's you. You're serving yourself. You're and, and that's absolutely fine. If you're listening to this podcast and none of these things, you go, I like listening to this podcast, but I'm not interested in making money off of this because I don't need to. But <laughs> I don't think I anyone's like listening to this podcast huh? who, who, who isn't interested in in uh in making money. I mean it's called making money. <laughs> 
make music. Well, income. maybe they just like making music. Maybe they didn't see the second part. Yeah, maybe yeah, they, they might have missed the income part. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's the case, yes, you can sit around and make music for yourself. I do it all the time. I I did it. I do it every day. I will sit there and noodle for some reason, just yeah. in my own space. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. Feeds me, and that's fine. But you're still serving yourself. And so, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And you need to do that, I think. Well, I think sometimes we get too caught up in what am I making this for? Well, how am I going to make money off this? Well, maybe it starts that way. I mean, it certainly did for me. I wasn't trying, I wasn't thinking about making music income when I was like 13 and learning the guitar. It was just, I just enjoyed the sound of it and, and I enjoyed the, I enjoyed doing it as a pastime. To kind of bring this to a close, there's an old song that continues to be true by Bob Dylan, that is, you got to serve somebody. And I think that's where this all comes back to with serve the client is that we've got to be prepared to make sure that we um, are okay with that. That and, and this goes to every aspect of our industry and ourselves and everything. It, it comes back to make sure that when you're, it, this doesn't mean only make music that clients like, believe me, I've done that before and that you can get lost in that and lose your all of yourself in it. And I did. And I had to yeah. reclaim my own composing <laughs> self and my own focus of my own music. But um, still, even though I am composing more now and really focusing on the, a lot of times I'm, I'm kind of thinking not with every song, but most a lot of times, where is this going to go? Who is this going to serve? What client is this for? If, I, if I'm not directly serving a person who had me you know, commissioned me to do it, but I'm I'm just making up out of my, out of the air going, where is this going to go? Who is this going to serve? I mean, it's part of what we do. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. You can go, it can get too much. Uh, you can go too much down the, the, like the, the serving rabbit hole, I guess, you know, um, I definitely been, I think we've both been there on multiple occasions yeah. where it's just like, you're, you're doing so much work for clients you're working for artists or, and, you know, uh, writing music for libraries. It's like, you kind of, at the end of the day, it's like, what about you? You know? Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's definitely difficult. It's been an ongoing struggle to, to strike the, the right balance, uh, between doing my own thing and, uh, and writing for, and for various different clients. But, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't have any easy answers for that. It's, it's tough, especially well, again, when you, when you got to pay the bills, it's tough. For sure. And, and that that's the answer. If if you're if you're listening to this podcast because you want to know how to make music income, welcome to how. Yeah. You have to serve the client, whoever that client's going to be, be it real people, artists, libraries, um, students, uh, God, who whoever you feel like your uh, your music is meant to serve, then you need to serve them. And especially if you want to make income from from your music, you're going to have to serve someone in order to make the cheddar as Dave, as Dave Croft says, the cheddar. <laughs> uh, anyway, so with that, I'm going to say that's all I got this week. Uh, thanks for watching everybody and listening and we'll have more for you next week. Awesome. Good chat. All right. See you guys. See you guys later. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Just a reminder to check out makemusicincome.com and productionmusicacademy.com. And you can find us both on YouTube as well. We both post regular content there. You can find me at Stevie B Production Music Academy 
and Eric's channel is called Make Music Income. We'd love to see you there. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe to our content. Also, feel free to join us in the Make Music Income Discord server. Lots of great conversation going on in there, and you can share your work and connect with other like-minded folks. It's a great community. So thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.